is a show for the actuality showman for June 28, 2023. How's it going? How goes it? Uh, I had an original recording, but I did not like that episode. I'll be honest with y'all, so I'm recording this again late in the evening. Um... <laughs> I don't know, man. That went through my mind yet. I just realized that I'm just kind of repeating the same things that I repeated from the past episodes. But you know what? Let's keep it short. I don't want to lose a sight of them. So um, it, this is going to be a callback in a few of the last few episodes or the last, you know, last three months or so as we're going into the summer. We're officially in the summer, folks, believe it or not. And then outside here in Detroit, it's smoggy as fuck. And it makes me wonder, oh my fucking god, is that a fog in this weather? No, no, it's a wildfire from Canada. Because the world is fucking burning. Greta Thunberg is right. And I'm going to end every sentence a little intonation up. Because I don't know what the fuck is going on. And global warming is really real. And no one's really doing anything about it. So, we're just going to have bad air quality all the way through. And people told me Michigan is a good place to move. Given, oh, the weather's going to be warmer down here. Turns out Canada's fucking burning and then we're the first to get fucking hit. (laughs) With the bad air and bad smog. world is literally fucking burning. And there's nothing you can do about it. And yet Meghan Markle and Harry get like $200 million deal. A fucking conflated number, inflated number, media sold. But you know, you know, let's go back and talk about that. Because I talked about that last week. Why the UK celebrities always fail in America. But it turns out, I guess, it's kind of unfair to put it on the UKness of it. But rather, I would say, I think the reality is that they're one-trick ponies. Who have absolutely no talent whatsoever if you think about it and then and then there's just there's no material to go on to for harry and megan example their one trick is just bitch about the royalty and then be done with it and then i'm just going what the fuck like what the actual fuck and now all these people come out of the woodwork like the United Talent Agency, who said, "Oh, we wanted to sign Meghan and Harry to a ex- very good, you know, deal to, so we wanted to represent them." And then, until they realized that the Spotify failed, the deal fell apart. And now, the agency who rep- who are supposed to represent the talent is shitting on the talent who are actually talentless. And for once, I gotta say, I gotta admit. I like how these agencies and executives from the agencies, who knew what was going on, but it was just like, no, we'll just go with it. Because every other so-called influencer, content creator, some sort of pseudo-celebrity are going to lose out in this big media contract like Spotify. You know, a few of the examples you can think of, Pat McAfee and his ESPN contract. He got out of a fan duel deal that was also highly, highly overinflated in the media about the FanDuel deal itself before he went to ESPN. Uh, who was it? Alex English, was it? Was that her name? Not Alex English. Or, 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 you know, Call Her Daddy, that podcast. I forgot. You know, one from there. You know, she got the deal from Spotify after spinning off from Barstool. 
And apparently now it's not a good time for all kind of like media celebrities. And I just go like, uh, I don't think that's the case. And I like how these agencies are now coming talking trash just because they cannot get the commission. <laughs> so for one, I'm kind of, you know, feeling for Harry and Meghan because I just go like, where the fuck were these truth tellers before they realize that they're losing money and that no one's going to pay for them? Hmm? I mean, at least I've been fucking consistent ever since they got married or even before leading up to the fucking marriage. But, you know, all these other people, all these, like, you know, Bill Simmons called Harry and Meghan the grifters. You know, you realize that these agents are really the grifters of them, too. I mean, that's the nature of the business and the job. You're the middleman. I get it. But when I hear the UTA CEO now coming out and say, well, they're really lacking in talent and lack the content. To be a sustainable talent. While me and a bunch of other normies really saw what the truth was. I just go, you're just a bunch of shills at this point. The other thing that came up. Uh, NHL made an announcement after the Board of Governors meeting last week. That they will no longer wear any warm-up jerseys that's cause-related. While the teams can celebrate you know, other promotional events. Including for Pride and whatnot. And then because they simply said, quote. It's become a distraction. Talking about the pride warm-up jersey. I want you to go back and listen to my episode 315, Why Hockey is Dying, Part 1. About the culture, the insular bullshit, and all this. You know, you just do your job, no politics, yada, yada, yada. You know, which I just say, you white people. (laughs) And Gary Bemman, the commissioner of the NHL, I know he's representing 32 owners. And 32 of them, not all 32 are assholes. And also his surrounded by a bunch of old-timer hockey players and hockey executives who really haven't seen anything other than their color and their ilk and their race. And not all of them are assholes, you know. I, I, time and time again, some of the people that I thought were truculent, old-timers like Brian Burke, his son passed away, you know, Brett, you know, he was gay. Daryl Sutter, who I thought was a hard-nosed whatever, but turned out to be, like, really open about it. Being from a farm in Viking, Alberta. And I just go, like, you know what? This is the game and the league and the sport that just continuously taking a step back despite what you hear about Connor Bedard and all that shit. And that this just makes me go shake my head even more and I just go, not this shit again. This is why NHL is falling behind. And will it's like digging its foot in for whatever the fucking reason of this toxic, dumbass Caucasian culture. Not realizing that you cannot spell Caucasian without Asian, I'll just say. And continue to shoot itself in the fucking foot. And then the real answer to solve this is really... Resetting the whole fucking league and whole fucking markets that these guys are in. Because you know what? I'm at a point where like, okay, the dumbass warm-up jersey, you know, and LGBTQ plus night. I just go, hey, no one's trying to turn your kid gay. You know? And then these are this is this is where the ignorance again starts. I'm not going to go into the whole spiel of it, but I just go 
okay, if you don't want to put on a stupid rainbow jersey during the warm-up, not the main fucking game, then nobody, you know, during the practice, then let's get rid of all the other awareness nights as a whole, promotional nights. Let's, let's just get rid of them. This is how it starts, and they're going to bitch about the rest of this shit. You know, let's get rid of just the pride night in general. Hockey is for everyone. Okay, let's get rid of the military appreciation night. Let's get rid of, uh, you know, fucking f- first aid workers night. You know, let's get rid of every single night that might be even remotely political. Because obviously it's become more of a distraction according to the NHL owners and the board of governors for a stupid warm-up jersey. So I say, fuck gay people, fuck lesbian people, fuck transgender people, fuck queer people, fuck military, fuck whatever, and fuck the indigenous people, fuck the other visible minorities, fuck all of it. Hockey's not for everyone. This is horse shit. Just, you don't see color, you don't see gender, you don't see sex. You don't see economic disparities. You don't see the market you're fucking in. You don't see military. You don't see politics. Fuck military. Who gives a fuck? You know what? I'm at that point. If you're going to go not do this, just not do everything. Fuck religion too. Fuck praying at the fucking games. Let's get rid of the national anthem. Why are you fucking singing those shit? Just get rid of it. Just get rid of it. It's just become a distraction. I just want to piss. I don't want to fucking stop and take my fucking cap off. For what? I don't know what country I live in. I don't know what teams the NHL is playing to, you know, without the fucking anthem. Oh my god, they're playing fucking okay. And I forgot that, that they're playing against my fucking beloved Toronto Maple Leafs. Let's fucking get rid of it. Just get rid of the whole thing. It's just a distraction. So I leave it there. But <laughs> I, I, I watched the... Uh, I've been watching random ass documentary, you know, that's like, um, you know, fast, you know, drive to survive. I think the break point on Netflix, because I'm trying to catch up on those things, you know, as a vacation and all that's coming up. And then uh, I saw that Arnold Schwarzenegger completely just signed his life away with Netflix while, you know, what I was watching Paramount Plus a lot. When I was watching all the Taylor Sheridan shows like the Tulsa and all that, and I go, why is first to Stallone like linked to Paramount Plus? And then I just realized that like, oh, my God. Uh, Arnold is just on Netflix with the the series like Fubar, and then his mini short series. And I don't watch all three of the short series. I just watched the first episode where he talked about his life as an athlete, as a competitive bodybuilder. And then I think I heard heard the Bill Burr podcast making fun of it in a way. But then he's just go like, if I just see it, it just happens. It's a vision. I just go at it. It's my goal. And then I just go. <laughs> And then everything, he just goes, I just look at it. Basically, you know, I manifest manifest my dreams. I see it. I make it happen. I drive. I'm the most competitive motherfucker out there. I have to win. And then the fact that this guy came out of Austria, the post-World War II Austria, and came all the way to America, you know, I'm I'm basically paraphrasing what Bill Burr's uh, stand-up did. Come over to you know America. Start lifting weights. Well, that's not exactly what happens. Lift the weights. Come to America, and then he says he's gonna act when he barely speaks the fucking English, and then he succeeds. Then 
He says he's going to be a governor of the state that he can barely fucking pronounce. And then he said, you know, and before that, I missed it. He said he's going to marry a Kennedy. And then he did that. And I just go like, it is an unbelievable story. I like, I, I cannot think of any other immigrant that could make in a modern day immigrant. They could achieve such amount doing all the verticals that he fucking tackled, which this Netflix documentary divided into an athlete, an actor, a politician. The merits of how well they worked out. Sure. That's open for historians and others like myself, a fucking mouth breeder to fucking judge. Like as a politician, I just go like, well, 20 years ago, I still remember when he ran uh, in the California governor recall. Was it Gary Davis? Was it when the whole power outage was happening in California? It was fucking ridiculous. And then he went in there as a Republican candidate and won the governor hood governorship. In the Democrat state, so he was basic, basically the first governor since, like, Ronald Reagan to be that. And, you know, the state he left with was left with even more deficit with no real revenue coming in because he's a Republican. But, you know, I also kind of look at California and be like, was that even a fixable thing, you know, unless there was a huge whatever. And then you still see the after effects of that of, like, unfortunate over bureaucracy that they just created and then they just it's ridiculous and i can't see why people are leaving california for florida and all that and yet some of the green initiatives that california and others have put in a standard has become you know a federal law and also global standard of doing things and i applaud california for doing that it's just that it's just become a very ambitious state with ambitious goals with a california dream and california sun to set such standards but yet it hasn't taken care of its state unfortunately but i don't think that was just a governor schwarzenegger's problem the governor you know all that fucking problem although he didn't really help much either i would say but watching the netflix documentary just the athlete part of it i didn't watch the documentary movie uh, the pumping iron, you know, the most famous line in that fucking movie. Then I was like, the weightlifting, it's like you're coming. <laughs> Why am I doing the Aries Spears from Mad TV version of the fucking R.L. Schwarzenegger? I don't fucking know. Because it's, it's just funny to me. <laughs> but the fact that this guy with that fucking accent had the drive and audacity and the gall, the determination, resilience, perseverance. Fucking grit, stick-to-itiveness, whatever the fuck you want to throw at. And then made that fucking happen. It, it's, to me, still the most unbelievable story ever. As a fellow immigrant, and no less the two-time, I just go like, you know what? And also, I just go, this is probably, in my lifetime, the greatest ESL hero of my lifetime <laughs> English as a second language. This motherfucker still has the most fucking broken ass accent, but then <laughs> do that shit when he's 75. And yet, he has achieved in three verticals in his life that maybe no one in this world can achieve in one lifetime. You know? 
And Bill Burr was right when he summarized that and said, go back and say you go from America to Austria, you know, just lift the weight, be the biggest celebrity, marry into that country's royalty, royal family, basically, and decide to become a head of state somewhere. Tell me you can do any of that, you know, going to another country. The answer is probably most unlikely because most people are fucking boring and a bunch of normies, I would say. And when I watch this, this athlete version of it, the the hilarious manifestation of Arnold is like, I just look at it, and then and then I dream it, I think it. If I see it, I just make it happen. I just go. At the end of the first chapter of this thing, of the three-part series, which is the second part of the actor, he just goes, I said, I want to go act. I competed. I competed for 10 years. I won 13 world championships. They have to create a competition for me, okay? Uh, I got nothing to achieve. I want to go into acting. I don't want to just act. I want to be a star. And I just go, fucking guy. (laughs) It's awfully, awfully fortunate that Arnold has had the genetics that would have got him that shredded muscle definition and a little bit of adjustment. It's just like got you all those definition and symmetry in all those muscles that outdid everybody in those 60s and 70s. And, you know, fucking, they created Mr. Olympia, you know, just if you follow the documentary, just for him, because the universe wasn't enough, because, uni- you know, I want to also do also, you know. And then this guy is the biggest action star in the world in the 80s and 90s. But his competitive drive and just how he set his goal, which <clears throat> I've been having way too much fucking discussion about this at work and professionally, but he has a vision and he has specific strategies to achieve those goals. Like, I'm going to be Mr. Universe. I'm going to beat this motherfucker. I'm better than him. Fuck him. Fuck you. You know, all that. But then he still had his heroes because those were his visions. And then those visions, he just go, oh, my God, I'm making these small strides to make it fucking happen. And then it just builds his own confidence. And then at times when I when he was younger and then like, oh, I become a second place. I never lost. I haven't lost in two years. And then he gets into a second place and he's fucking depressed as a motherfucker. But in, at that time, he just go like, nah, I'm so strong. But then clearly there's, you know, insecurity, body dysmorphia. I think a lot of PTSD from abuse from his father. And then there's a lot of defense mechanism that's clearly there. But everybody, ha- you know, a lot of people have those problems. But not everybody comes out like he- achieving 10% of what Arnold has achieved, you know, leave the country, you know, leave the, con- first leave his town, then leave his country to the country next to it in Germany, then leave the whole fucking continent, get to a state, and then move to another state where he does absolutely no, he knows absolutely nobody. Even as an ESL and even as a fucking immigrant, I just go like, I don't know how he fucking did it. Other than just some people are just born that way.
And you can't teach that. Was Arnold nurtured to do that? Maybe. You know, this documentary and the miniseries is like really compressing a lot of details and avoiding a lot of shortcomings. Shortcomings, you know. <laughs> I'm sure there's some failed marriage shit that comes up later and then how much of a womanizer I was, you know, all that. Yeah, that's shit. But I, again, just whole thing. I manifest. I see the vision. If I see it, I can imagine it. I make it happen. <laughs> he repeated this thing over and over. And then I just like couldn't stop laughing. I just go, this is motherfucker, this motherfucker. And then I just go like, and he makes it as an ESL, and I don't. What the f- like, not a, I just go like, you know what? That's a weird inspiration, but I just like, I just realized after watching that part, I was like, I cannot think of any other ESL <laughs> who has achieved as much as Arnold did in the last 50 years <laughs> in our lifetime. Forget the last century. Just like really think about it. Who who's the other ESL who did that? Uh, everybody else was either born in America or born in UK already. So who has come or went on that? You know what? You tell me who the greatest all time your favorite ESLer is. Okay. You know, email me at aa-show@outlook.com. aa-show@outlook.com. I'm gonna watch the rest of the Arnold documentary as we go into the holidays next week. So to everybody, happy early Canada Day, happy Fourth of July next week. Well, by the time I record, over the Fourth of July. So um, let's see what happens. Anyways, peace out and uh, have a great rest of the week. <laughs>